Roger Kincaid, Rob Breckenridge. This is your place for opinion and talk in Calgary. Kincaid and Breckenridge on News Talk 770. All right, let's do this. Welcome to Kincaid and Breckenridge. I'm Roger Kincaid. That's Rob Breckenridge. Two Alberta boys living the Alberta dream. Bring the dream. Bring it anytime now, Alberta. Anytime. Anytime. Well, after today, $1.3 billion. I'll be sad. <laughs> the rest U- of you are on your own. That's the U.S., too. Boy, as our, as our dollar sinks, that Powerball jackpot gets even bigger and bigger and bigger. You know, we might get into that a little bit later on. Uh, we've got a, a jam-packed show for you today, uh, including Greg Clark, the uh, leader of the Alberta Party, who will join us at 1030 this morning to talk royalty review. And it seems to me that these royalty review uh, and other related oil stories uh, are kind of driving the conversation right now, particularly between uh, our next guest and uh, a lot of Albertans. Kevin O'Leary uh, had something to say about Premier Rachel Notley. The deal is if she steps down uh, out of grace and out of concern for the province of Alberta, that he will invest a million dollars in Alberta oil companies. But right now he simply can't do it because she is not the steward of the Alberta oil economy that uh, that Alberta really needs right now. So joining us on the telephone is uh, the man himself, the merchant of truth, uh, one of the sharks from the tank, one of the dragons from the den, uh, Mr. Kevin O'Leary, Mr. Wonderful. It's good to have good you. Good to be here. Thank you. I'm not just buttering him up either. I'm legitimately a fan of Kevin O'Leary. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Let's talk about, Kevin, your concerns about what's happening here in Alberta. Obviously, you've got a lot of attention this week with this offer of sorts that you put on the table. What's the underlying concern here? You know, it's a wake-up call. If you think about what's happened, and let's just get the emotion out of this, because it certainly has been quite a a debate that's starting to rage about this. But I want to go back to the numbers, and that's what matters. The number one export in Canada... Our number one industry is $130 billion energy. Nothing even comes close. The number two is auto parts at $60 billion. The reason the Canadian dollar is collapsing is obviously the price of oil is going down. We're a petrodollar. But also, we have some very unstable government policy. When the Premier's mandate began eight months ago, She made many references to this industry in the dialogue she was going to have with it, some of the policy changes. The first thing she did was slap on a 20% increase to corporate taxes at a time that couldn't have been worse. Remember, we've now lost 62,000 jobs in the energy sector since her reign began. Now, look, I'm not blaming her for the price of oil, but I'm blaming her for poor leadership and poor policy. And as an investor and a proud Canadian, I've had enough. I was promised a royalty review that has now gone past eight months. The uncertainty has created so much chaos in the investment community that dollars no longer come to Canada. That's one of the reasons the Canadian dollar is collapsing. There's no demand for it. The number one sector, the number one industry, the number one employer, the number one payer of taxes, the number one payer of royalties is all the energy sector. And with all of this uncertainty, I am now sure with 100% confidence that she does not have what it takes to be a leader of this sector. She never did it before. She'll probably never get to do it again. And I'm just putting up my hands saying, I'm just, I can't take it anymore. I can't watch my country go down like this. Okay, I well, want someone to pick up the reins. 
Well, we'll get to the million dollar offer in, in a sec here, but I mean, then why are you just targeting Rachel Notley on this one then? I mean, we have Christy Clark who yesterday uh, put forward the same letter basically that she put forward on Northern Gateway and said uh, the Kinder Morgan project uh, shouldn't go through. She'd like the NEB to uh, throw that one down. And then we've also got uh, Eastern premiers who oppose the, the, the other pipeline, the East West uh, pipeline for, for, or the Energy East pipeline, excuse me, uh, for seemingly no good reason. So are, do you call them out as well? No, right now I'm focusing on the number one problem. Let's deal with what we can work on right now that we can actually measure. I'm measuring job loss, collapse of market capitalization, and a concern about the long-term viability of our number one industry. The steward of that industry has always been the premier of Alberta. Only 36 months ago, this province was the envy of North America. And look at it now. It's in shambles. Who should I blame for that? Is there someone else I should be talking to? Because I don't nobody, I don't know anybody else that's the premier of Alberta. Okay, and look, I mean no disrespect. I'm just talking about the facts here. It's hard to say this, but it doesn't change the fact that it's the truth. And now, do we want the next sixty-two thousand jobs to go? I want to invest in Alberta. I can't because I don't know what the cash flows are going to be until you tell me what the royalty rates are. Why does it take so long? Why maintain this uncertainty? These are the questions I think we should all have as Canadians. And I can only point my finger at one person. Is there somebody else to ask for the answer? Tell me who that is, Okay, because I don't know who it is. Well, then, as an investor, which you clearly are far more expert in than, than anyone else in this conversation right now, if the premier were to step down, or if we'd never had an NDP premier in the first place, and we did have oil that is now tickling the $29 mark, would you still be willing to invest in oil companies in Alberta, knowing that the returns are not uh, favorable? If I knew it had strong leadership, absolutely. I'd rather put my incremental dollar into Canada every day of the week. I am looking at the energy sector, and I can't make a move until I know what the policy is going to be. What we should have is not sound bites from the Premier. I understand she and I are in a dialogue. We don't need sound bites. What we need is a plan. I want to hear a plan. What is the plan over the next 36 months that's going to maintain this industry through this period of hardship? Normally, what you would do as a government when you have your number one sector collapsing because of a commodity price you can't control is you would throw support. You wouldn't run around the world talking about adding $3 billion of of carbon tax on it. You wouldn't raise corporate rates. You wouldn't add the uncertainty of not knowing what the royalty rates are. These are all fails, in my view, over the last eight months. I want to see this corrected. I much prefer to hear that she got together with the employers, that she flew out to Ottawa to sit down to create an emergency plan with the feds, who are now looking at supporting Bombardier, a single company. I'm talking about saving a whole industry. What's the plan? I'm a Canadian with my hand up saying, show me a plan. If you don't have one, step aside and let someone else do it. That's my message. Sorry if it sounds harsh. It's still the truth. It'd be hard to deny, obviously. I, I think we're in agreement here that, that the royalty review and the, the delay in, in finalizing that review has created a lot of uncertainty. Does that all go away then by the end of this month when they put forward that review and they put forward their plan? Or do you still need to see what, what's in that plan? Of course I need to see what's in that plan. I need to, have, I need to know what the deal is. The way the, the, a sector like this works is my million dollars is nothing. It's symbolic. There's billions behind it waiting to find out what this industry is going to look like, what returns it can provide, what are the risks we're going to take. But it's something special for us as Canadians. When you look at the numbers and you see how many people are employed and how much it's tied to the ongoing success of our country, it has to have a special 
elated place higher than any other industry. It has to have support from every level of government. And I don't see that. And in order to get that, you need a very strong leader, totally committed to this sector, committed to every single job in there, to every Calgarian and every Albertan that works there and their family works there. You know, by now, with 62,000 jobs lost, you know somebody that's lost their job. Every family in Alberta knows somebody that's lost their job. And in a few more months, another 10,000 jobs will be gone. I'm alarmed. I'm concerned. And I watch the Canadian dollar from afar collapsing, and I know why that's happening. I want to see it fixed. I don't think this is a horrible message. If it creates a national dialogue about Alberta and, and government policy there, and I'm agnostic to party, I don't care what party. I'm talking about what it takes to be a leader in a time of crisis. And I don't see that leadership, and I'm concerned. Okay, here's part of the problem, though. When, when you put that offer on the table and you look as, make it look as though this, this money's contingent on a certain politician resigning, you saw Notley's, I'm sure, saw Notley's response to it yesterday. It seems out here, Kevin, that you, you're playing into her hands. It's creating sympathy for Rachel Notley. Uh, and do you worry, then, that, that you've created uh, the, the opposite of, of what you're trying to accomplish here? No, no. I hope we're getting into a dialogue about what's happening in Alberta, not only in Alberta, but across Canada. I think it's very important. You know, if, if this controversy started by a million dollar offer and it ends up in accelerating their decision to bring out royalty rates, to understand what the policy is going to be, to actually call out to the feds for some sort of a program to support this industry, then my work is well done. That's the way I look at it. I'm not trying to make friends. OK, I'm trying to protect the most important asset we have in this country. You in Alberta are the stewards of the most important industry in Canada by every single measure, economic, socially, you know, energy is so important to us. It always has been. And, and I'm frustrated. I'm watching this, this horror movie every day, and I'm saying to myself, does no one else think the way I do? Then I'll call out. I'll call out for some sanity. I don't see it. I really, really need to see a really strong plan that I can look at as an investor, call other investors behind me to support, and get people back in the industry and saving these jobs. These are really important people. We can't lose them. They have to stay in this industry. We have to stay very viable. We don't have a new industry that replaces $130 billion a year in sales. We don't have anything near that. That's why this is a crisis, and I think we have the wrong leader. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Now, fair enough, but there are a lot of people listening to this interview right now saying, let's say Kevin O'Leary gets his way, Rachel Notley steps down. Then what happens next? Now, you, I guess contingent upon this million-dollar offer that's symbolic would also be the rest of the NDP caucus stepping down so we could have a by-election and change the government. Or are you suggesting that there are individuals in the NDP caucus who could lead this province in the effective means that you suggest? I think if the NDP caucus petitioned the oil industry, they could take a leader, someone who has been a business leader that's made payroll in the province of Alberta, that knows a lot about this industry and what it takes to go through the next three years of very low oil prices and bring them and make them the leader. You know, you think about this, there's no other important issue in Alberta other than those jobs in this industry. Well, democracy is pretty important. I would say that's a pretty important course, issue. But I'm not, asking, I'm not asking to breach the democratic system. I'm I think you are. I'm asking her to step down in good grace. No, no, but it's but it's it's her replacement. We're already past that. So we've we've taken the hypothetical that she steps down in good grace, and now we've got the NDP caucus 
they're going to select a business leader and say it's you know it's not up to the party now to choose somebody. We have to go find somebody who can steward this province and then plant that person in a by-election. Hope that person wins the by-election so that that person can then be deemed the leader of the province. You know, there's another way to do this. She simply steps aside. She maintains the leadership if you want to get away from these mechanics and bring someone in as her number one consultant to actually make policy and deal with the federal government. I don't really care what the mechanics are, but I want to know who else can run the show there. Right. Because this leader doesn't do it for me. So and the Albertan people have to make this decision themselves. I'm just pointing out the obvious. Right. But how it's does this all bad, correct the friend. dollar? It's it's terrible. It's awful. And it's awful in so many respects. I mean, we're planning to talk on this program, Kevin, about the rising cost of food, and it's due in large part to the fact that our dollar has shed some 70% of its value. Now cauliflower costs $7 if it didn't taste as bad enough when it cost $3. But the point is is that oh, like right next door to us, we've got Brad Wall, who is probably a tremendous steward of the Saskatchewan oil industry. There's some 15%, I believe, of the oil production in this country, so smaller in magnitude than Alberta, but yet his stewardship of the industry has not been able to buoy the Canadian dollar or the price of oil. So so how does this impact our petrodollar positively? The amount of dollar that goes into his province versus, which is what, versus what goes into yours is materially different. There is no capex larger than what's happening in Alberta regarding yeah. the energy industry. So here's what you do. If you want to support the dollar and your industry, you make it so attractive for investors like me that have the option to invest globally that every incremental dollar I want to spend on energy goes to Calgary, goes to Alberta, goes to the companies in Canada. You give me policy that's going to be so attractive that I want my Swiss franc, my euro, my American dollar to come in, buy Canadian dollars to invest in Canadian energy industries. Doesn't that make sense? It's that simple. You don't tell me that you're going to add $3 billion of carbon taxes in the next three years. You don't run around the world saying we're going to change Calgary to be green. I would love all that to happen. But right now we're trying to save the, the entire industry and all those jobs. So we have to have something immediate that turns the tide of this negative sentiment that we've got globally. What I'm telling you is true. You have to travel with me to New York and Zurich and Geneva and London and listen to what people are saying about what we're doing in Alberta. It's just chaos and confusion. So they don't try and understand it anymore. They just go spend their money somewhere else. We have to fix that. We have to give very simple mandates that people understand as investors to why the most attractive place to invest on earth in energy is Canada, but more specifically, Alberta. And I'm not even born in Alberta, and I'm telling you this, because I care that much. Well, look, and, and there are people here that, that are saying the same thing, as you're well aware, Kevin. I mean, there, there are political parties, there are organizations, grassroots organizations that are all trying to get this message out, all trying to, to push the government in the right direction or, or perhaps working to unseating this government in, in the next election. If you think putting a million dollars on the table can make a positive difference, why not get behind some of these groups? Look, I'm using my opportunity to have this dialogue with you, other Canadians, obviously people in Alberta to say, I think it's important we talk about this. There is a path to get out of this mess. I'm just no longer sure that who you've elected is the right leader. I'm sorry. It's a hard message, but you have to deal with the truth. It doesn't mean you have to change democracy. It means you have to find somebody over the next 36 months to run the show, to make it attractive for all investors, not my, not my million dollars. That's pure sim symbolism. And I'd be happy to invest much more than that if you gave me a reason to do it. 
help me invest in Alberta. Make it stable. Tell me that it's a good place and you'll be a great steward of my money and you care about this industry. And then you'll get not just my money, but billions more and the Canadian dollar will stop its free fall. It's the number one issue. We're tied to the price of oil, but also the policy around oil. Well, but here's the other thing, and, and I think some critics have pointed to this, Kevin, that, that you're talking down the Alberta economy, that this is also serving to, to scare away investors. No, 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 no. I've had enough. I'm trying to wake up politicians in Alberta so that we don't have this on an ongoing basis. It really is time to bring forward the royalty plan. We've waited eight months for it, and I just found out last week we're going to have to wait longer. That just creates more uncertainty. That's a fail. That's a big mistake. More uncertainty really keeps capital out of Alberta. It's time. This has nothing to do with politicians. This is about good policy, about how to run a business, how to keep people employed in Alberta. That's what's going to help Canada. That's what makes it a better country. You know, I keep going back to the numbers. You can't deny $130 billion. That's huge. It's absolutely huge. And I think we're in a crisis. I'm sorry, guys. It just it is what it is. And I've just put up my hand and said, I got to point this out, and I hope we can get a national dialogue going. I'm very proud we're talking about it. That's for sure. I don't know why you're sorry. We're the ones who live here. But Kevin, what, what jurisdiction do you invest your money in when it comes to resources? Right now, I'm looking at the opportunities in large cap U.S. multinationals and European transport companies because the policies are extremely stable. But what jurisdictions? Gover- like, like that's because you're talking about government. So, like specifically, which government is offering stable policies that have attracted, not that you're looking at, but that have attracted your investment? British, German, American. Excellent. Kevin O'Leary, thanks so much for your time today. Much appreciated, sir. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Kevin uh, O'Leary. There you go. A businessman, investor, author, TV star. Just uh, all around uh, wonderful guy, as, really, as he'll tell you. Splendidly wonderful guy. And it's unanimous on text message, too, by the way, that <laughs> you loved the interview with Kevin O'Leary. You know, we got to take a quick break. We're late for one. We're going to uh, have a lot of time for phone calls over the next 40 minutes or so. You're listening to Kincaid and Breckenridge. This is News Talk 770.